no one talks to us about reality the world its faculties we understand little we assume a lot now it might seem like these assumptions aren't that but in fact are guided by some experiences that make them intelligible and highly probable well it is easy to look past that what however is a little more difficult and challenging is also our goal for this endeavor and which is to understand more are you more is that the thought that keeps you dissatisfied with your current state the future better hold more for you you are pained by this mediocrity and disappointed with this life of no relevance people around you nothing more than sight cast in your act the spotlight stays on you but a man of your temperament is bound to have a better taste and with the imagination you have you are very well able to imagine what it looks like to the audience watching the grand musical of your life you never miss the background score characters in your act amuse you humor you influence you but never touch you the entire bhasad it is rather bland and absolutely bereft of insight Yes it has the chaos it has anecdotes but worth a prime time premiere at christmas not really but you want that rapt attention for now it's chaos it's like that bus terminal in alabad prayagraj you remember that trip don't you maybe we can talk about that sometime so you are at the verge of admitting to yourself that your show isn't worth the buck hell you wouldn't pay to watch it the spotlight has stayed on you throughout but this protagonist is wanting in so many ways he has not the right hair to begin with surely the audience is bored but you still got some cheers you realize this is the first time you look at them the audience so far they had only been a noise to keep the simulation real it rang in your head like that sound of silence when you really shut your ears it was a constant dinning and like lead it sank to the bottom and became part of everything you ever built anything on you look at the crowd for the first time the source of this sound there aren't thousands there aren't a hundred just a few rows of seats randomly filled several left vacant some drifters holding a drink and gossiping over it your grand premiere nothing but a side act in theirs occasionally they applaud but often they are gone before you realize it only are only a few are the true patrons and some of them give you a cheer you see the girl in the front row smiling and being patient she for some reason seems assured she has that enduring calmness about her that fineness of culture and faith of the blessed she is a good soul and she is rooting for you is she the audience now or is she your co-actor another I'll be significant sidecast like that old man who grew old too quick it was so sad like yesterday you remember him tossing you in air and sending you flying it was the first time you tasted flight for barely a second only a foot or two higher than himself that was all he appeared so different then you never noticed it was like he went home after the day's shift of tossing you in the air was over good job jagdish you say always a joy beta see you tomorrow boss he smiles and replies you watch him walk away next day he got back and he seems frail and old overnight his hair is gone 
most of them. What remains are little pockets of grey and white, carefully stuck to the scalp. His chest is sunk and his shoulders hang low. The man who tossed you high yesterday, now stooping under the weight of life. He has that smile still. It's tired and arid, but it's there. Like a crack in the face of a rock. The wind, the rain, the cold and the dry had worn him drown. So had disappointment and heartbreak nibbled away at his self-worth. He had sure expected more. More lines to say. He's lonely, you know that. For you never had enough stage for him. You don't blame yourself completely for that, but you do admit culpability. He has a strong will. He is old, but he will look after himself. If it ever came to it, you know he might be back to help salvage your show if it is salvageable. He had been sitting in the front row as well for some time now, waiting for the call. He better be. Only a fool would miss the chance of being part of something this unprecedented. But it did not begin there, the story. It was at some place far away, right around the corner, where there was a lot of noise of the waves and the silence of the hills. There were no shores, but there was a waterfall and he sat next to it. The metal from the hull was wilting away with each wave that crashed against it. There was the smell of rhododendrons in the air. The far stretch of the ocean was like molten mercury. It was like the earth had melted and dissolved in it. The fire too. There was dew on the leaves. The sky was suffocated with clouds that seemed to have shut this down like a sandbox lid. Everything else was outside the box. The river that swiveled down the curve of that mountain beyond which what lied, they know not, flowed past his cottage and into the horizon where the sun died. The sandbox. He was born there. It was raining that evening. His father was outside staring at the sea, his feet deep in the waters of that river that was wailing that night, like a woman who was dying. The waves were still boiling, churned up like insides of a man who could not see, or not unsee. He dropped dead that day. It was evening. It was before the laughter, behind the door that was older than all the trees there, Rusted at the hinges and smelling of dying metal, there was a room that imagined like melancholy. There was the stench and the misery. It felt cold too. The salt from the sea spoiled the taste of the tongue. The water was logged and he imagined a dead fish there. The flying fish that never knew the cost of flight. There was the squadron of seagulls that maneuvered like Luftov and prayed like Nemesis. In that room that had a metal floor that vibrated from the hum of the engines, like the striking end of a tong. He could feel it through the soles of his shoes, just like the cold, before the depth killed him. The ocean claimed him, and right about then, he happened. He was not born. He happened, like a phenomena and a miracle, laughing, soaked in birth fluid with slit for eyes and ears that weren't there, he laughed. Flat without a nose and soggy and disheveled like a walnut, he laughed. He had chains for hands and thorns made his fingers, five on each, and no thumb, fragile, feeble life, amused about something. Nothing would be how it was supposed to be henceforth, now that he was here and he was laughing by the bleeding womb of that dead woman who had wailed like that river, the world would be seen. Nothing would escape the judgement now. It would be the first time truth would be known to someone, the real truth, only the truth, not its versions or shades or portions, whole of it all of it, only it. 
He would not see this world that had spun right and then spun out of control. He would not hear its dilapidated machinery creaking under the pressure of production. He would be spared the lie of the torch that stupefies the heart and stuns the head. He would not be deceived by the sweetness of tongue and the sliminess of it. He would not break, he would not bring back a memory, for he had no head. He would not rely on intellect or wisdom. He would not rely on sight and sensations. He would see not what he could see. He would see what was there, not through his eyes, not through any lens of perspective that was certain to corrupt it. He would not have a name. He would not have a sex. He would have glands that quenched his thirst and he would shit that what, he, that what kept him fed. He would not walk for he had no limbs. He would not hold a shovel or a baton or a pen or a gun. He would not saunter through the streets or run through the fields. Who was he? What was he? That would be answered. But a lot was to happen first. It began with him becoming comprehensible. Him becoming him. Lane like that, he was a pulp that could be squashed under a shoe. Like bubblegum, he would stick to it till he fell off along some unpaved road and got eaten by some cattle astray and block its intestine and kill it of constipation. Then he would rest around the rectum of the dead buffalo till that carcass rots and the soil is shuffled and he breathes again only to die again. So he would take a form more survivable for the sake of language, for the sake of sense. Within the limits of the humble realm of imagination, he would survive inside someone. The blood rolled back. The slimy little cord that kept him attached to that dead woman began retracting. So did he at the end of it, like bait at the end of an angling cord. The vaginal fluid was being sucked in. She had also shat, but that remained. So did the piss. But everything else that was tissue and life came together. The flesh stitched itself up and the capillaries seized their ending shut. The sea was mad with rage, frothing at the seams first. It now was searing like blasphemy. The devil was at work and the nature was beating her chest in mourning. This was the beginning of the end. The waterfall leapt high like a flyer gone fluttering in a wild winter wind. It devoured the forest along the slope of the hill and came falling over the house that with all the might of the divine. That door had to be torn down. The house was tossed in the river like a discarded card box. But the door didn't budge. The walls didn't crumble. The roof did not cave in. It was thrown against the rocks and the giant waves unleashed upon it all its power, all its fury. The earth ruptured and the fires leapt up from the heart of the earth to consume it. Giant bolts of lightning rained down upon it, but it held its form. It held its form. The, men, the man who had been claimed earlier rose again. He had seen and he could not unsee. He waded across those waters like a demigod. He brushed aside the towering waves and skipped across giant pools of fire and flames. He ran behind that house that was flowing down the valley, outside the sandbox. It had to be kept from crossing over. He had to be stopped from crossing over to the thinkable realm. Without form, he would have been just a lump. He could be cancer at worst and a bubblegum at best. But inside that woman, he leapt up the porch onto the door and rammed against it with all his might. The door shattered like a busted bunker, large pieces of wood flying like shrapnel from a grenade. Water came crushing in to cleanse the crime, erase all evidence of it ever happening. But it froze, the flames froze, the man froze, the bolt froze, the shrapnel, the shrapnel, still in flight, froze. There was no sound, no life. He was gone. The woman was gone. They froze because there was, they were now irrelevant. They would cease to exist henceforth. They were the reality of that sandbox and the box was now open and the sand was out. They would not be real. They would, not, they would no longer be a lie. They would not be imagined and they would not be thought. They would simply cease to exist. 
Only the sirens kept wailing. They beat their chest and they wailed. The eternal moaning had begun. The end had begun and it would never end. Leagues away, beyond the hill and the horizon, right around the corner, outside the box, along the tepid shores of a seasonal river that had the joy of youth repeatedly like an apricot tree, the sun was rising serenely, bidding farewell to the last remains of obscurity. The masonry had reclaimed its shades and shadows. The grime that was so formless on the road had receded back to the puddles that was littered along its stretch. The eyes of the stray animals that glowed like stunned butterflies were not worth noticing anymore. Everything had been reduced to reality. Everything was in order. The calm pallor of the day giving legitimacy to the ordinary. Lying there in a heap that could easily be mistaken as a heap of garbage like several others that acted as rendezvous sites for the scavengers was a woman. No ruffians ruffled her and no animals sniffed her. It was noon when she woke up.